0: Welcome to the Beauty in the Network podcast. I'm your host, Jasmine Jones, marketing and strategy coach to beauty pros and creative service-based business owners that are ready to ditch the hustle. I went from struggling solo bridal beauty artists to managing a agency of 17 bridal hair and makeup artists that services four states. Tune in to learn how to start, scale, and maintain a sustainable business that does not require the hustle. Learn from myself and other industry experts of how we created our dream businesses and how you can start stepping into the truest version of your own CEO self. Let's go. Hey friend, welcome back to the Beauty in the Network podcast. It is your host, Jasmine Jones. And today I wanna to talk a little bit about scaling your business and what is actually required of you to scale your business to where you want it to be and some things that you will actually have to let go of. So, I'm going to share a little bit of a personal story. Of course, you guys know I love using myself as an example. I love to talk about my mistakes because I am the person that needs to learn from my mistakes so I can fine-tune it, test it, tweak it, and then test it again and realize, oh, okay, this is what I was missing. This is why it didn't work before. So, that way, whenever I have clients who are coming up with the same kind of roadblocks or challenges I'm like, listen, I already know how to help you, boo, because I was there, right? So what I want to talk about today is I have one, two, three, four pieces of advice for you. And under each of these categories, there's like subcategories. But it's all about basically scaling your business. And what does even scaling mean? You guys know, I love to talk about you know the background behind what terms mean. So scaling your business can look completely different depending on what your vision is, what your goal is, what you have envisioned for your life in your business. Scaling can mean having a team of artists that work for you. Scaling your business can mean expanding um, and starting a studio location. Scaling can mean starting your own retail, your own cosmetic line. Scaling can mean putting in the a proper automated system so now you can actually have a life outside of your business. Scaling can mean so many things. It can mean adding passive income into your business model, doing uh, classes or hosting online workshops. It can look any kind of way. So whenever I say scaling your business, please know that that is a broad range of a topic. It doesn't necessarily mean have a team like I have, right? So that is first and foremost, right? What does scaling mean to you? But what you have to do whenever you are growing your business is number one, you have to continuously, continuously find ways to remove yourself out of the business as you grow it even more. And why I say this is because there are so many people who view their business as their baby as I do myself sometimes but what ends up happening is that we baby our business too much that we are not allowing it to thrive on its own we don't want to continue to micromanage and be a helicopter parent to our business because one that means that your business will always be a hundred percent dependent on you that means you have to show up every day and Answer all of your emails. You have to show up and you have to wear all of the hats all of the time. Now, if you are currently in a position where you are wearing all of the hats right now, but you're working to grow your business up to a certain point, then yes, you might have to work a couple of, you know, you might have to wear a couple of hats for a short amount of time until you can use your income to add in automations that now remove you out of your business or now you can hire an email assistant to help you maybe two times a week to answer emails or do whatever task it is that you need help you have to start somewhere in order to get to where you want to be so that is the number one thing that I want to talk about first, finding ways to remove yourself. So I just kind of talked on it just a little bit. But the first way to remove yourself out of your business, regardless of what direction you want to scale your business is automation. And not just automation by saying, okay, I know I need to automate this and I need to automate that. I am talking about sitting down and mapping out a curated, a brand curated client journey from when they even find out that you have a social media, when you are, uh, you know, posting yourself online and telling them like, hey, if you want more rates, use the link in my bio or send me an email. What is actually happening from the client's perspective? Is it messy? Is it streamlined? Is it on brand? Is it consistent, right? What does the booking process look like? What does their payment processing look like? How are you actually servicing them going all the way up into uh, their special day or their wedding or whatever field you are working in, right? This is what we need to automate. And after working with so many beauty pros i see that they have an automated uh like welcome process where they might be sending out their rates or a brochure or a digital uh you know pdf with their their uh details on it But that's the only step that's really automated. They don't have um, an automated process to welcome new clients in for, you know, working with them, telling them this is what you can expect at each of the phases of, you know, being one of our clients, right? This is what you can expect, you know, six months out, two months out, two weeks before your event or your big date, right? Right this is what we need to automate. This is how we take ourselves more and more and more out of the business. So that is the first way, right? That is the first um, uh, cost-effective way to allow yourself to prepare to scale, right? And another step above automation is hiring help. And I know there's going to be some people who might even say right now, "Well, Jasmine, I can't afford to hire help or I don't have the budget to hire help." Well, listen. Hiring help doesn't have to look like what it what like what versions you have personally seen, right? It can look any kind of way you want it to. So that might be full-time help. That might be, uh, having someone who works for you, uh, like Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, and they show up from certain time frames to answer emails and things like that. Or you can have someone who is part-time, right? My assistant, she's part-time. She's not full-time. So my assistant, she's part-time. So she helps me. She doesn't do email communication, but she does help me with marketing. And I'll talk a little bit about why she helps me with marketing specifically and how I have um, another assistant who helps me seasonally um, during busy season. That's the next one. So, Part-time, I have her help me on Mondays and Tuesdays, and she does certain tasks for me, and those tasks that she does are batching tasks. So she can, you know, show up on a Monday or Tuesday, and the tasks that she does, she batches it for me for the whole week. For the whole week. So now I can show up in my level of expertise. Um, you guys know that <laughs> spelling, uh, errors, punctuation, that is not my strong point. And, and I'm honest, that is not my strong point. And when I hired her, I said, listen, I want you to make sure that we look smart. I don't know how to spell all words correctly. I don't know where the comma goes. Make us look smart. <laughs> but this is who we serve. This is what we talk about. These are our content pillars. These, This is how we create content that aligns with our ideal client. She, I was able to create a blueprint for her, right? And I'll talk a little bit about that as well. So that's part-time. So she only helps me Monday and Tuesday. So it doesn't have to be, you know, something that's huge, right? And she only does it for uh, like 90 minutes or like three hours a day. So you can find a budget that makes sense for you, right? Don't close the whole idea off. So the next thing is seasonally. So we are in our busy season right now. And I have a, uh, a customer care assistant, aka my email assistant. And she basically helps me with any kind of um, new increase. So she manages um, our wedding wire, our the Knot profile, uh, all free p- profiles. Just just to let you guys know, but she manages those. Um, she also has access to our Facebook and our Instagram. So if any leads come in, we always have like message requests in the message request folders. Even though we tell people do not send us the email. do. <laughs> Do not send us a DM, send us um, a a link, an inquiry through our link in our bio. So she goes in there and she makes sure that if anybody didn't get our automated response that directs people to our inquiry link, that she tells them, hey, thank you so much for inquiring and all of the good stuff. So she knows how to approach each of the platforms. She knows what tasks she's supposed to be doing. And she's only helping seasonally. She's only helping during busy season. And again, she's part-time. She's part-time and she only helps seasonally. So these are things that can be beneficial to you as you grow your business. Don't have a closed mindset about what help should look like because you're going to close off so many different angles that can be Very beneficial for you at the level of growth of where you are at right now. So, those are some of the things. Find ways to take yourself out. And tip number two is release control. And the way that you release control. One (laughs) is that it is easier said than done, Um, but I'll get into that. Uh, But the one way that you can release control is having documented um, SLPs, systems, operations, and procedures. This is what I talk about. All of the time, this is routines, this is processes, this is your step-by-step way of, this is how we create content. Just like I just mentioned for my social media assistant, these are the content pillars, this is the content hub, this is who our ideal client is, this is how we create a post, this is how we create um, our hook, our, our middle, our CTAs. These are the type of imageries that we use, right? She knows how to do that because I trained her how I want it done for my business, right? this is what you have to do as well for yourself and in order for you to properly hire someone or hire help in your business and for them to do the task how you want them to do it is that you have to sit down first and actually, map out who am I trying to talk to? Who am I trying to connect with? What is the actual goal that I want to accomplish at this phase, that phase, the next phase, and so on, right? And you have to build it. You have to test it. You can build it and you can have them test it, and then they can give you feedback. Hey, we're having a little block right here. Maybe if we tried XYZ, maybe this process might be a little bit smoother. Maybe we can eliminate some back and forth, right? But you have have to have the knowledge to know, okay, I need to build it out, test it, fine tune it, and then we can automate the process, right? You have to have the knowledge to know that that is how it's supposed to go versus, oh man, I just tried it. It didn't work. Who am I kidding? I should stop, right? That's not the mindset that we need when we are trying to scale because there's going to be a lot of things that we haven't ran into that are going to be new that might feel hard, that might feel, um, you know, exciting or overwhelming, right? But this is all normal, It is all normal. And you need to understand the basics of business so that when you hire people, you are able to create a seamless process for them to not get overwhelmed. It's not just about you as the business owner. It's how can I bring somebody in and present what I'm trying to accomplish with their help in a way that is simple, a way that's understandable. In a way that's not going to stress them out, because understand if somebody feels stressed out or overwhelmed or like this doesn't make any sense, they're probably not going to want to stay. So you just have to be very upfront when you are communicating hey this is what i'm trying to do this is the process that i'm in right now this is the type of person that i'm looking for these are the type of things that you're going to be doing and so and and some other things right but you have to be able to release control right and one way to release control or uh, micromanaging is having documented um, systems operations and procedures this is something that uh anybody that works with me, you're going to learn about systems, operations, and procedures. Any uh, course, any program, any strategy session, you are going to learn some method of a system, an operation, or a procedure, right? A a way to do it in a more simplified way, whether it's email communication or batching your content or building up scalable systems or, you know, how can I project manage my website rebranding? There's so many things that can have a system or a process to it, right? So. That is number two. And the the next thing that I want to say before I get to number two and I go on to number three is one thing about people who identify themselves as overachievers or workaholics or serious about their business or anybody who has really grown up to feel as if I need to be the person that saves me because I know that nobody's going to do it for me right I I call it like underdog syndrome or what I've called it now is middle child syndrome if you guys do not know I, I am a middle child I am the middle of three girls so I call it middle child syndrome because sometimes you know Speaking like when I grew up, you know, my older sister, she would always, you know, give me her older things or my little sister, she would always kind of get the newer things. And it was like, well, I want something new and I would always feel like, oh, well, if I want something new, I got to go out and get it myself. If I want this specific thing, I need to go out and I need to work these hours, I need to hustle, I need to grind, and I need to make it happen for myself. Because if I do it myself, nobody's going to be able to take it away from me. So when we try to control everything in our business and everything in our lives, sometimes it is a form of self-protection because when we control things, we know, okay, well, this is going to play out exactly how I want it to, or exactly how I have it in my head. And when we release the control to other people, sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, are they going to show up and do it as if I was going to do it? Is it going to be trash? Or am I going to have to fix anything? Or am I going to have to make sure that they're doing things right? Or whatever it is. And I'm going to tell you, if you have that mindset and you're trying to scale and you're trying to hire people to help you or have a team or anything like that, you are not going to, um, what's the word that I want to use? You're, You're just not going to be a happy camper because you're going to stress yourself out. The people that work for you are going to feel like, well, why does she even have us here if she just wants to micromanage and control everything? Like, why are we here? Are we a joke? Does she think that we're not capable of doing these things? It might backfire on you. And I don't want you to experience that because you are so dedicated into your business. Yes, your business is yours. Nobody is going to have the same kind of um, you know, excitement to show up in your business than you because you created it you birthed it right but other people are going to be excited to show up aside you and you know work towards your mission work towards your uh your vision and all of these things because they believe in you they want to support you and if you do not allow yourself to get support and receive the help then you are going to block whatever is supposed to thrive there it's like telling your spouse like hey i want you to help out around the house and clean but then they clean the bathroom and it doesn't even look like they clean the bathroom and you're like oh well this is trash or you can say you know i appreciate your help so much i i really appreciate it right Like, you can say, you know, thank you so much for this attempted help. And, you know, the next time you might say, okay, well, maybe I need to be a little bit more clear on the direction. Maybe I need to be a little bit more specific, right? So don't just close off the help because they're not doing it in a certain way. This is why having those documented processes, um, communication is so important, right? So that is a wrap up of two. Now, let's talk a little bit about three. 3 is better money management. If you want to scale, you need to know how to manage your money. You want to know when I was uh I'll say in 2018, in 2018 right before I um officially started my team, I always had the fear of, well, I'm not from money. I've never had a lot of money. I've never made a lot of money. What will happen if I get all this money from my business growing and I don't even know how to manage it? What if the money comes and then the money goes? And what if, like, you know, like so many what ifs, right? So many what ifs. And, you know, for someone who has family, who uh, money management isn't just a topic that we talk about. We, We never talk about money management, right? Just to be real. But You have to go out and learn about different ways to manage your money, what's going to be the best way for you, and you have to know yourself. You you need to be self-aware. One thing that has really helped me stay accountable on my daily actions whenever I write out a to-do list is I start my day by looking at my bank account. So I'm like, okay, boom, I see my money is doing what I need it to be doing. Um, I, I see how much is in there. Today, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, right? And it's because I see what's in my account. I know what I'm working towards. I know the goal that I have versus never checking my bank account until I had to pay a bill or uh, whatever it is, right? Because that's what I used to do. I honestly never checked my bank account until I had a, a bill due and I would always check my account to make sure that I had enough money because I had no clue what was in there. So We need to start looking at our money a little bit more. And I have one, two, three, four ways that you can actually do that. The first way is uh checking your account. That's just like I said, checking your account, making sure that you're not getting double charged for anything. Um making sure that uh if you have to pay your team or uh you know, pay for any kind of seasonal help that you have a separate account, right? Your business account, your personal account. Um I have a uh, business checking, business savings, and then I have um just like a little like jasmines fun, right? I do whatever with that. And then I have my personal checkings and then my personal savings. So I have like five different accounts, um, with the bank that I, um, Bank with. So you want to make sure that whenever you're setting up accounts for yourself, that it makes sense, right? And we're about to start another account. Uh, babe and I we're about to start um like a little family account, uh like a little family investing account. So that's gonna be fun, but check your account, make sure that you know what's in there. The second thing is apps, apps, friends. Um, what is it called? QuickBooks. QuickBooks is so amazing you can actually uh integrate it with um honeybook. Um if you are one of my international babes, honeybook is not available um internationally. I do not know a um, replacement for that. I know that there's a lot of different systems that you can use if you are um internationally based, but I don't know what money management apps integrate with it so that as you are getting payments, um, it can actually track that and you can sync it up to your bank accounts and things like that. And you can upload your receipts. So many things, so many things. So figure out what apps might make sense for you. Um, also, let me see what I wrote down. Um, so yeah, just your apps. Your apps can be so important. Also, tracking. Tracking. If you do um, paper and pen, uh, paper and pen, you honestly might want to switch over to creating like an Excel sheet, like a profit and loss sheet. Um, so you know what profit is coming in. You know what you're losing each month when it comes to like expenses and things like that so that you always know at the end of the month, okay, what is my actual profit <laughs> for this month right and not just this is how much came in but you're not necessarily seeing okay well this is what what is going out as well so what is left so you need to be able to do that as well so you can do that with an Excel sheet. Um, if you definitely want to do it with, uh, you know, paper and pen, um, you can do paper and pen. But when it comes to tax time, that it might be a little bit beneficial to just shift it over to like a, a document that you have. And apps um, like QuickBooks can really be helpful. Now, the third thing is an accountant, friends. So, I got an accountant uh, in twenty nineteen. And she helped me just basically categorize things in a better way, um, manage in a better way, just basically give me a visual bird's eye view of how I can manage my money a little bit better. But accountants are so so beneficial. You can have an accountant that does your um bookkeeping. Bookkeeping and accounting are two different things, just so you know. Um <laughs> just so you know. But when you want to do when you want to hire someone uh look around, interview people, see what it would look like to work for them, um, to work with them, look at some reviews, um my accountant she she was very knowledgeable and she really just helped me um set up some additional uh apps like I was talking about because i am the kind of person i need an app because like times right now when i'm in busy season i don't necessarily um I'm not always up on the ball. So when I'm on in busy season, I have apps that are able to keep track of, oh, well, I'm spending this on, um, you know, bobby pins and hairspray. And I can put that into my app or whenever I'm driving and gas or rentals or, you know, when clients are paying me, I see what's coming in and everything's just getting categorized um, itself. So, There's that. You can have someone that can help you set up any of those aspects in your business or do it for you. And then the last one is um, investing. Once you manage your money um, in a way that makes sense for you and you know, okay, well, later down the line, I want to hire for this or later down the line, I want to hire for that. Or later down the line, I really want to get into passive income or I want to have a team or I want to, you know, do uh, Zoom classes. Right. If you know exactly what it is that you want to do, you now can make business investments in classes, courses, programs, or a coach that can help you with that specific thing. This is how I like to make my own investment decisions when it comes to coaches and programs. And it's because I know where I'm going and I already have kind of came upon coaches or programs that are on my I definitely want to work with them, you know, bucket list type of list. And it's, it's a way for me to know, okay, well, when so-and-so gets back in her launch, I know that her next round in September, I'm going to be applying. Or I know, you know, if so-and-so has a course on this, that I am going to buy it because that makes sense with the goals that I'm working towards this year for the bigger picture of my business, right? So, That's a huge tip. And then the last tip that I want to give you guys is find routines that work for you in your household. You guys know I love talking about my routines, but I feel like anytime when when people hear like routines and, you know, processes and systems, I feel like people kind of tune out (laughs) and it's because I used to do the same thing. Like these are not sexy topics. Like get a routine for like like it doesn't just it doesn't excite me like, you know, marketing or, um, you know, creating a cute Instagram uh, profile or whatever it is. Like, that sounds more intriguing to me versus starting routines, right? But routines help us succeed, right? What routine can you set up for yourself that can really um, benefit your household and you? So just like, as example, like routines that we unknowingly do, we get up, We go to the bathroom, we take a shower, we might reach exactly for our loofah or our rag or our uh, body wash. We, We didn't even have to make a choice. We already knew this is what I do. I wake up. This is what I'm using. Or you know, this is my toothpaste, this is what I'm using because it's in the house, it's in the shower, it's in the bathroom, right? You set yourself up for things that you know that you're going to be doing consistently. Some of the things that I have been setting myself up is having my vitamins um out on the counter versus in the drawer, Um, having my skincare laid out for me whenever I come home from working a long wedding. Because when I work a long wedding, I go up in the house, I make sure I hydrate, fill that tub up with some warm water, put in my little fizzies in the water, and I just sit there and I put on my little skincare mask. and I have my my little jam vibes going on in the background, my little candles going. I set it up for what I want to do when I get back in the house, right? I also make sure that the house is you know somewhat decent now, babe cleans as well, but um, his cleaning and my cleaning are different cleanings so <laughs> so I mean, I clean the house before I go on any kind of like uh, wedding travel, so that way when I come back in the house, the house isn't crazy, and I can relax knowing that there's nothing that I need to do other than relax right so how can you set yourself up if it 's maybe setting your alarm clock for thirty minutes earlier? putting a cup of coffee uh, pre-made out for yourself the night before you go to sleep, making sure that your to-do list with your top three things that you're going to be doing the next day is, you know, on top of your laptop. So whenever you wake up, you already know what you're going to be doing. When you reduce how many decisions you have to make, it just brings you so much clarity. Because if you can actually sit down and Think about how long it actually takes you to figure out, okay, well, what do I need to do today? And you're standing there or you're sitting there and you're thinking about all of the things that you have to do. You might go to your calendar, check out what you have to do versus, okay, I already made my to-do list last week on Thursday. So I know this is what I'm doing today. So I really want you to get into a routine. If it's house things, personal things, things for the kids, things for yourself, things for the dog, start figuring out What routines are going to help you the most? And if you can relate to this... I remember sometimes starting out different routines and it might work. It might work for me really well. But then once I run out of something or once I get a little bit of a shift in my schedule, like let's say busy season, and some of those things that helped me stay grounded, stay sane, and, you know, stay more productive, they go to the back burner. And when they go to the back burner because we're not intentionally prioritizing that routine or that system or that flow that's when we when things start to get chaotic and we have to have self-awareness to say well you know what when I was doing this things were flowing a little bit nicely and now it's not flowing because I haven't been doing those same things but then you also feel like well I don't even have time to get back into that flow, but I really want you to start out simple. And if it's just mapping out two of the things that you have to do that you can, you know, pre-game plan for or pre-batch or prepare to batch, right? That is going to be a big difference versus continuing to say, I don't have time. I don't have time. If you are sitting down and you are creating one, go ahead and create another one. And then that way, whenever you show up tomorrow, go ahead and create two more again. Now you are, you know, two three days ahead, right? this is how we slowly gain back our time. And it's because we are making micro needle movements, 1% shifts that can make a big difference, right? We don't need to do a whole 3000, you know, shift in a day. Start simple. So Those are my four tips for you when it comes to what's required of you to scale your business, some things that you have to let go of, some things that you have to implement into your life and into your business, because scaling your business is something that can bring you wealth. And wealth is created by how you manage your money. Wealth isn't your income. Income is what you, um, you know, can have in your bank account right now that you can use. Wealth is something that you can create generationally, generationally, right? And I really want people to start having a different perspective when they are showing up in their business because we're not just doing things for tomorrow or next month or next week. How can we do things for two years from now for when your little ones are 21? Maybe they inherit the business. Maybe the money stays in the family, right? But maybe you have a whole team that's running your business, but you collect profit still off of the business that you created because now you have systems to run for you. What is the long-term goal of your business? This is what I want you to start thinking about and how can you actually start preparing for it now? So that is all for you today, friends. And like I said, I have some amazing guest speakers that are going to be here um, with me on the podcast very soon. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm so excited. I have um, an accountant. Um, I am so excited about that. I know I'm definitely going to be taking a lot of notes because I'm such a nerd about money and managing money. Because like I said, that was not a topic that was discussed in my household, um, as well as some other uh, beauty professionals, um, some health professionals. Guys, I'm so excited. Um, I'm very big on lifestyle and shifts and routines and mindfulness. And I really want to start bringing on more people who are not necessarily in the beauty field, but just in the health conscious space um because these are some things that i do a lot but i just don't talk about it because i am learning how to uh speak more about some of the things that i do um behind the scenes other than just uh what i've been talking about i am learning to open up more so there's that but if you have any questions if you are interested in working with me or figuring out uh ways that you can work with me feel free to send me a dm over on instagram Anytime you can find me at beautyandthenetwork at gmail.com, or you can send me an email. It's the same thing, beautyandthenetwork at gmail.com. Um, and you can find me that uh over there on Instagram as well. I'll leave all the details in the show notes. But you have a great rest of your day, friends. Bye. <music> Hey friend, did you like today's episode today on the podcast? If you did, make sure that you subscribe and make sure that you leave a review and let us know what was your biggest takeaway from today's episode. Also, coming up, there is going to be a huge giveaway because we are getting close to our 100th episode on the Beauty in the Network podcast. So make sure that you follow me over on Instagram at Beauty and the Network so you can stay tuned when we hit our 100th episode. Stay tuned for the fun. Bye, friends.